What's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. I am Jeremy. And my name is Pam. And welcome to episode five. Today, we are doing something fun. We are doing song battles. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, this is going to be another one of our benchmark features that will pop up from time to time. Here's how it works. Uh, Pam and I have each chosen three Kelly songs at random. Uh, we've picked from her entire catalog. We have not told each other what the other person has picked. Uh, we're going to pit uh, one song against one another song. And uh, at the end, you guys are actually going to have the final say as to who wins the song battle. And we're going to have you uh, vote on social media. I think specifically we'll have people vote on our Twitter account. So if you want to follow at Miss Into Podcast on Twitter, there you can vote for the winners of the individual song battles. And with this episode going up on a Tuesday, uh, the song battle uh, voting will also go up on Tuesday and it'll be open for a week and we will keep an eye on it and we'll let you know in next week's episode who the winner is. Sound good? Sounds perfect. Can't wait. <laughs> All right. Well, since uh, I am a chivalrous man, I will say ladies first. Thank you. Uh, and Pam, what is the first song that you're going to put up for the first round of our song battle this week? The first song that I'm going to do is Let Me Down, which was an album track from Stronger. And I am going to also put up a album track from Stronger. I am going to bring forth I Forgive You. That's a fun song. Yes. We, all right. We want to preface that we like all the songs we're mentioning, but you know we have yes. favorites. It's normal. Absolutely. All right. So Pam, let's hear you make your case for your song in song battle round number one. Let's go. Let me down. I to this day, and I have friends who will agree with me. This should have been a single. I'm sorry. I think it's very reminiscent of the breakaway era, but not necessarily sounding exactly like you know. Behind These Hazel Eyes or Since You've Been Gone or even like Hear Me. But it is a such a great pop rock song in a time when in 2011, pop rock was still dominating on a lot of the charts and on radio. Um, obviously, that's not the case now, but nine years ago, oh my God, nine years ago, nine years ago it was. So <laughs> I think it should have been a single. It was... I believe I was doing my research because it's been a few years. I believe it was the one of the first songs, if not the first song, to actually leak from the album. And I think a lot of that had to do with, I believe it was in July of 2011, a Canadian radio station started playing it. I think it was Canadian. If I'm wrong, you can tell me. Um, it started playing it randomly. And I don't know if it was because they just got the track early, if it was a test. I'm not sure. But um, as soon as I heard it, I was like, Stronger is going to be an incredible album, which it was. What I love mm -hmm. about it is that it shows off Kelly's vocals. It is a powerhouse song. It really fluctuates. It starts, you know, the first chorus, it's powerful, but then, like, as soon as you get into the bridge and the chorus, it just explodes. And it also did that live. I thought it was one of her best songs live that she did, and I really wish she kept it in sets um, in future tours. Um, it's cool. It was written and produced by Chris DiStefano, which I, ne I never heard of him, so I did some research. And ironically, he's a country guy. He's done stuff for Carrie Underwood, yes. Miranda Lambert, Jason Aldean. 
which is awesome, but it almost didn't make sense because the songs that he's worked on don't necessarily uh, sound anything like Let Me Down, which is cool. I'm glad he didn't kind of carbon copy the country formula. Um, so I really like it. I think I I just it's one of my probably my top t- 10 favorite songs by her. I think it shows her vocal. Um, it's one of the best. Um, it shows her range really well, which I don't know if a lot of her songs do so i'm i'm probably gonna think of other things as this battle goes on that's what i got right now well done nice argument for let me down all right well and i'm and i love the fact that we both picked stronger tracks for yeah. this very first uh this first rounds because this will be a, a good matchup uh my track again is i forgive you uh also again from the album stronger uh look it is one of those great quick in and out pop songs like just a hair over three minutes long and what i love is that it was written by one of the most famous producers who is most known for hip-hop and r&b and that is dark child uh if you don't know his stuff i mean you've probably heard a million of the songs that he has written uh mostly because he gives himself a name check in all the songs this is actually one of the few that he doesn't um but it is a fantastic song. And I love, Pam, that you made the distinction about it sounding like Breakaway Era Kelly because I also think that this song sounds like Breakaway Era Kelly and not just only Breakaway Era. This song actually sounds like a sibling song to Since You've Been Gone. I mean, if you really think about it, listen to these two songs back to back, Since You've Been Gone first, followed by I Forgive You. There is a structure that is very similar. And look, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So the structure of Since You've Been Gone is very, very similar to I Forgive You, uh, especially when it comes to the big sweeping chorus. Uh, And then even at the very end, there is a dry lyric cold ending at the end of the song. Uh, And so I, I... And it it never really occurred to me that these two songs were so similar until I – because when I was preparing for the song battle, I listened to I Forgive You probably five, six times in a row. And it was about – it's kind of like when you you stare at a word long enough, the word just doesn't look like a word. It just looks like a garbled, you know, mishmash of letters. All of a sudden – on like my fourth or fifth listen to I Forgive You, it started to mold into Since You've Been Gone. And I thought, oh, my God, these songs are related. Like they are so, you know, from the same family tree, even though they were written by completely different people. Uh, they have so much together that they sound great, too. Um, also, a fun song to air drum to, like Since You've Been Gone. Uh, I mean, look, you can't like deny the big drum chorus, like the big chorus that comes in and the that goes into uh, that comes out of the bridge. Uh, It's just look, it's a really, really fun song. I would argue, too, that I think this could have been a single. Um, I understand why it wasn't a single, but I would not have been upset to hear this on the radio. Uh, Just a really, really fun song to listen to and i was looking up the stats uh, about i forgive you and if i'm not mistaken and if somebody again if i'm wrong flame me on uh, social media i don't think this song has ever made a set list i, th- I think, think it, it was has, has I it i think okay. so i feel like i have Rocked out to it maybe once. You know what? But I'm gonna look. You, you know what? You're right. I I completely missed it. I, you're right. 
It showed it's shown up eighty three times in set lists. Okay. I mean the problem so that go. with 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 both songs, and I think we can argue this, I think both songs should have made appearances. I'm not saying like long term. They could have made appearances in other tours, even in like a medley. I think yeah. they're both really strong songs and they're both fan favorites. Um I know we're not pinning, you know, against each other right this second, but like let's just be honest, they're both fantastic songs. Um They are. Yeah. And I think they're two of the strongest songs on the album. Can you not just see though, like her singing "I Forgive You" and like when she hits that chorus, she just starts bouncing and jumping up in the air and oh, for sure, I the mean, chorus. That's... I definitely yeah. Again, I think "Let Me Down." I think I love it just because I love angry music. Um, I don't know what that says about me, but I. It's just <laughs> I feel like it's one of those songs. Like I know what I think she did it on the Stronger Winter Tour with Matt Nathanson. I think um, okay. I think that's when it was. She might have done it again on the Frey tour, but I don't remember. But I just remember, like, the lights for Let Me Down. She did all these, like, cool strobe lights that, like, kind of went mm-hmm. with the speed of the song. And it's just so drum heavy. And it's, um, I don't know. I, as I've mentioned before, I love a good loud production. And it's just, like, it's so in your face. Uh, I was checking on the stats on this song. And Let Me Down actually has appeared less on tour than I Forgive You. Uh, I Forgive You appeared more than 80 times on tour, whereas Let Me Down only has 36 recorded appearances. I'm pretty sure it was just uh, that one tour. Yeah, it was the sort of the summer early. Well, I guess it's showing up uh, in spring of 2012, and then it makes its way all the way to October of 2012. So, I mean, that was pretty much the one and only time that we really saw that song. I mean, you want to talk about a song that would be a a nice surprise in, you know, either a Vegas set list or, you know, next time she's out on tour, if it shows up, you know, kind of as in, you know, tucked in the middle of the show, uh, it might be a nice little fan service song uh, for people who love that album and love that song. It's funny. I'm actually looking. So I'm actually looking at the the, the stronger, uh, I'll say winter tour, um, but it's hard because you know what? On w- Wikipedia, it actually has both of them. Um, it ha- it kind of combines the two stronger tours. It's a little weird, but anyway, um, yeah. the one that she did with Matt Nathanson, which was um, winter of 2012. Um, not only does she have "Let Me Down" and "I Forgive You" in the set list, she has them next to each other, which I think is I think is interesting. And I'm like Kelly, you have good taste, as do we. Oh, see. So yes. as do we. All right, so. That is our uh, our first round, Let Me Down versus I Forgive You. Again, you can vote on social media. Which one of us made the better argument for our song? Was it Pam with Let Me Down or yours truly, Jeremy, with I Forgive You? All right, let's move on to round number two. I will go first in this one, and I'm going to pull a bit of a wild card here, Pam. Yes. I'm going to go for a little bit of an unexpected album track. I am going to the smokestack. Ooh. For my track. Well, that's interesting because, yeah, no, you go ahead. I have something interesting to counter with that. Oh, so I'm going to pull The Sun Will Rise off of the first volume, first edition of Smokestack Sessions. Interesting. So I was torn between two songs, which is kind of ironic because they both have ended up on Smokestack. One of them, I was going to do If I Can't Have You, um, normal the normal album track, or I was going to do uh-huh. You Love Me, um, also the normal track. But because you've mentioned Smokestack, I'm like, well, those have both appeared. So 
I'm going to go ahead and pick You Love Me as mine from Smokestack. Wow. Look at you yeah. calling an audible. Yeah, because like I wasn't right. I, I never think of Smokestack. I'm not going to lie. Just because it's not on it's not on streaming services to my knowledge. So I never uh-huh. think to listen to it. But mm-hmm. I can hear it in my head right now. <laughs> yes, so, you can. Um, yeah, that's. Should you explain the smokestack in case anyone is not sure what they are? Sure, yeah. So uh, for anybody who is not aware, and if you're not aware, that's okay. We'll fill you in and we'll get you caught up to speed with all the rest of the Kelly fandom. Uh, there were two EPs, uh, also known as extended plays. They're kind of smaller versions of albums that were released around uh, between the time of uh, between Stronger and Piece by Piece. They actually kind of bookended the Greatest Hits album. Uh, there were two records called the smokestack sessions they were really only available online i think what i don't think i've ever i, th- I don't think i've ever seen them for sale in stores no we? i think what had happened i think if you pre-ordered stronger on her website and like i think it was limited yes. to a certain amount then you got volume one and which had a lot of remakes of her already existing songs and then if you pre-ordered mm-hmm. the greatest hits on her website you got volume two which i think was predominantly cover songs it was yeah so those uh, those two albums were not available commercially, at least not in stores. And so it's, again, a, a great fan service. You know, the real fans have got uh, these albums. And, uh, you know, I don't want to jump ahead to future shows. But, I mean, these are probably two of her best examples of recorded music that she's done in her career. Uh, these are phenomenal must-haves. If you don't have them, uh, go on to eBay and try to track them down because they are absolutely worth whatever price you're going to pay. So for my song this round, I'm going with the first album, the Smokestack Sessions. It's not officially called Volume 1, but it's sort of unofficially known as Volume 1. And it is her version of The Sun Will Rise, which was originally on the Stronger record. Uh, it was a duet on Stronger with her and Cara Diaguardi. Uh, but this version is a solo uh, Kelly version of this song. And I think this is one of the reasons why I love this song so much. Nothing against the duet version with Kara on Stronger. Uh, but this is, and for lack of a better word, a stronger version of the song. Uh, first and foremost, they've they've completely changed up uh, the the music in the song. They've made it almost like a I don't want to say they made it slower, but they made it uh, a completely different song by adding violin. And I'm not 100 percent certain because I did my due diligence and tried to check it out. I'm not so certain that it's an uncredited. Uh, props to Corey Churko for the violin in mm. uh, The Sun Will Rise. And one of the reasons why I love this version of the song so much is because when Kelly records an album, uh, a proper album, she gets session musicians. Uh, she gets you know various people to play on the song. Sometimes a lot of the, the music and the programming is done by the producers themselves. Uh, but these songs specifically on the Smokestack album are done by her touring band. Uh, these are the people that we have become, you know, well acquainted with. We know and love. Um, you know, you've got uh, Jason Halbert, uh, who plays you know, the piano, the Wurlitzer, the B3. Uh, you've got Corey, uh, Anar, Aben, Jill and Kate on background vocals. And can how can we forget DJ Rick? <laughs> DJ Rick. I forgot about DJ Rick. D- DJ Form, I yeah, think was. Yeah, DJ Rick, who... That's so funny. Yeah, he was uh, most 
he was most prominent during the All I Ever Wanted era, uh, but he does make appearances during the Stronger era as well, and he is actually credited uh, on this album as well. Uh, that's but that's so one of the things I love most about it is because it's the it's the core musicians that we fell in love with on tour that are all playing on these songs. Um, and this song is great because it almost spans genres. You know, it starts out very much like a country song. You know, again, I... I I can't say for certain, but I almost want to say that it's it's an uncredited nod to Corey Churko on violin. He plays a lot of violin for Shania Twain, uh, and he never really got to break out a lot of violin for Kelly. Uh, but I, I believe in my heart of hearts that this is him playing violin at the beginning of this song. Uh, so it sounds very country. Then it kind of turns a little folky. Uh, gets to be a little bit like pop country near the end of the song, uh, but it is such a big and positive song. Um, it's just such a, a, a positive message. It's such a lifting song. It's it's one of those ones where you you know if you're having a, a turd of a day, you put this song on and you're like, you know what? Yes, it'll be all right. Uh, you know the sun will rise. And I just I love the positivity in this song. And again, nothing against Cara Diaguardi, but there's just something about Kelly handling all the heavy lifting on this song herself, doing her own background vocals, along with Jill and Kate, um, who, again, you know, always complimented her very well and just making this a really big, sweeping, positive song um, that I love uh, so much. And I will pick the smokestack version over the uh, the stronger version every day. So for my song, um, I wasn't planning on doing uh, necessarily something from Stronger or a smokestack, but as soon as Jeremy mentioned that, I was like, all right, I got to do a smokestack song as well. So my favorite from volume <laughs> one is You Love Me. And uh, it's a, I mean, I love the album version. It's fun. Um, obviously the lyrics are not, you know, as inspirational as the sun will rise, but it's a fun song. It's fun <laughs> and poppy. And what I love about this smokestack version is that it's a complete 180. It's very industrial sounding. And um, I don't know if Jeremy's going to give me a face again. And I'm not necessarily comparing the two, but I'm saying it's reminiscent <laughs> of maybe like If, the Janet Jackson song, which Kelly's covered. Wow. Just for the whole, not necessarily comparing the two, but just for the, um, this is going to be a really bad word for me to use, just like the the, the dirtiness of the song, not in like a vulgar way, but just like, it's just, it's very industrial sounding. I'm not good with my like adjectives, but that's what I think of it as. <laughs> and, I don't know. Um, it's really different from the, uh, the album version. And uh, I don't know. It's very, very drum heavy, uh, which I love, but mm -hmm. yeah, you love me a little fun fact about this. It was written by Oliver Goldstein and um, Josh Abraham, I believe his name is. And they both wrote um, and they worked on the Cowboys song, which in episode five, I did not think I would be talking about this Cowboys anthem song this much. But here we are, guys. This is like the second or third time. Yeah. Second or third time we brought this song up and it's like just some throwaway That's song. That's going to be just the joke of this podcast. You know, number one Cowboys <laughs> anthem song. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah. Watch out for the full episode that's all about the Cowboys <laughs> anthem coming up. Oh, my God. That would be that would. I don't even, that would be a 10 minute episode. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway um, yeah. So uh, Josh, Ab uh, Josh Abraham um, also ended up being an A&R person at the firm, which uh, is where Kelly was managed um, for the first half of her career. I think through my 
December once all that drama hit. Um, but he also wrote on Hello, Alone, and You Can't Win, which those are all a Ooh. amazing collection of songs. So, Yeah, those are good ones. And um, I believe the Smokestack version of You Love Me was produced by Jason, Jason Halbert, which was cool yes. because he didn't really produce much on the re- the regular Stronger album. And I think he produced the, this entire volume one, which was a f- little fun fact. Um, yeah, I think what I love about it, it's I think it's one of my highlights on the EP. And um, I think it's just so different from anything Kelly's ever put out. And I think that's why I like it. And I don't, to this day, she has not released anything that I don't think sounds similar to it. I hope these are on YouTube. So for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, you can go and listen. Because these are, the cool thing about Volume 1 is she basically revamped like six tracks that she had previously put out. They're very different from each other. Um, Which I think is, it's a really cool concept. And even with with The Sun Will Rise, um, I love both versions. And I think I'm kind of in the minority it was weird i was actually um probably from like 2009 to like 12 or 13 i was actually a really big cara fan because i just loved her mm-hmm. songwriting and she has an incredible voice she's done like side projects and i i've even met her at like like a book signing like i was i was so excited when that duet came out and a lot of people weren't and i kind of get why because if i wasn't a fan of hers i would have been like why is there another girl on this track like why can't kelly just do it by herself um so now you're understanding my feelings about the song with tomorrow. Uh, I'm thankful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I see. Would you like, would you like you thought wrong? If it was just Kelly though? Uh, yes. Really? Oh, see, you, you didn't say that. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's so hard. Cause you can't imagine that song without her. So I don't know. Like sun will rise. We've got two versions, one with and one yeah. without Kara. So we know what it would have sounded like. Um, it just doesn't seem to me like it needed to be a, uh, it didn't need to be a duet. I agree. And honestly, mine. if you go on Spotify, Kara is not credited, which is really interesting. Hmm. Um, Jason Aldean is for uh, don't don't you want to stay? But Kara's not. So I don't know if that I don't know what that has to do with anything. But um, yeah, I don't know. These are both great songs. And they're uh, I would love to hear Kelly perform both of them live like like this. I mean, look, the this, this smoke, I mean, again, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves because we will be talking about these smokestacks record, smokestack records in a, in a future podcast. But there is there is just something different about these albums. Um, and I think it is a lot to do with, you know, Jason produced them and it's the touring band behind her and not just, you know, nameless, faceless session musicians. I mean, there's something a little more organic about it. Uh, and again, you know, Jason is a vastly underrated producer. Uh, he really know. I mean, look, he's worked with Kelly nearly her entire career. He knows how to get the best out of her. And so that's why, regardless of the song on these albums, uh, he gets the best of her best. And so, look, you can't go wrong with any of the songs off of these Smokestack Session records. And again, we'll talk about them in great length uh, in the future. Uh, But, you know, it's going to be a hard decision to decide which, you know, it may just come down to which song do you like better, you know, as just listenability. Absolutely. All right. So that is our first two rounds. Again, you can vote for the song you thought had the better argument made for it uh, on our social media, specifically on our Twitter account at Missing a Podcast. All right, one round left to go, Pam, and you get to go first this time. So the song that I chose is one that I think uh, is pretty underrated, and um, 
It's from Meaning of Life, and I'm a very big supporter of this song. And it is called Medicine. Ah. What about you? <laughs> um, okay, so can I do a switcheroo since you got to do one on the last round? Let's do it. Okay. Because um, I had a completely different song, but I think I want to change mine. I'm just going to s- – I'm thumbing through a, a file here on my computer. I'm going to get some notes up. All right. So since you picked a Meaning of Life song and we've <laughs> we've sort of been staying on the same album for each round, I'm going to stay on the same album. Uh, and I'm going I'm going to battle with Heat. Ooh, drama. I mean, I mean, yes. it, I guess it's appropriate because I feel like if you were a fan of Kelly's in the fall of 2017, there was a debate going on, not only between the fandom, but even like among Kelly like and her team about which should be the third single from was it third? Yeah, third single from uh, Meaning of Life. Yeah. I think at the time it was supposed to be the second, but then they did um, I Don't Think About You as number two. But anyway, there was a whole mm-hmm. debate on which song so um there was really no right or wrong answer of course one one of the songs won and if you can tell from my voice i was not happy about the winner (laughs) but so yeah i love i love the song medicine don't get me wrong i do love heat as well um but medicine the first time i heard this song when i was listening to the album the night it came out i like paused it and i was like holy crap I loved that like auto tune thing she does like in the uh, in the uh, bridge. I thought not that uh-huh. I support Kelly doing auto tune all the time because clearly I don't want that and I want her voice to shine. But that was so cool when she did that whole voice thing. And I remember yeah. her saying in some interview that her mom thought they had, like hired some like guy to do the vocals. <laughs> She's like, "Mom, that's my voice. They just changed it." <laughs> and I'm like, "That's amazing." Because I kind of thought the same thing, Mom. Um, I thought they got one of the guys in the band to do it. And I'm like, oh, that's production for you. Um, anywho, so what I love about Medicine, um, it has some pretty cool people behind it. Um, Mick Schultz, who's worked with Rihanna and Jesse J, who actually also worked on Heat, which I thought was interesting. And then Jessica Ashley Karpov, who worked on Heat and I Don't Think About You. And she's worked with Celine Dion, Britney, and Charlie XCX. So what I love about this song, and I didn't realize this, but I looked it up on Wikipedia, is when they made it, they were trying to make it kind of reminiscent of Emotions by Mariah Carey, which I kind of see. I don't entirely see it, but I, I, hmm. um, obviously, that's a song where Mariah does all those like crazy whistle notes, right? I mean, that's multiple yeah. songs of hers, but like I think that's the one that's really famous where she does the, maybe, I don't know. I need to go back and listen. I'm, now, now I'm sitting here going, oh, I need to like thumb back in my brain. I hear about it. Mariah I Carey hear it songs. in my head. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. the one. So Kelly does not do any of those crazy whistle notes. She hasn't really done it since. Did she did it in? I don't think about you. A bit, a bit. yeah. There was a there was a high note. Other than in that, we hadn't really heard it much since like Idol. But anyway, um, I think they were just trying to go with that whole like '90s R&B vibe, which I think they succeeded with. And this is just a preference for me. This is not a right or wrong. I don't love when artists sing like. I don't want. I don't know. I I don't know my vocal terms. I don't know if like high pitch is the right um, term to use or like the higher register. I like a little bit of a lower register. Plus, I like when it fluctuates. So the cool thing about medicine for me is that the core, the the verses, you know, they're a little higher, but they're not super crazy. And then the verse, she, no, not the verse. 
I'm trying to think. How does a song work? The pre-chorus. There we go. Pre-chorus. She goes a little yeah. bit further, deeper in her voice. And then um, as far as the the chorus goes, it is a bop. You can dance to it. Um, it's a shame it wasn't on the Menial Life tour. I have a, I'm very upset about that. Don't get me started. Um, <laughs> and then the, I love the whole, um, her voice is like, kind of auto-tuned for the end of each chorus and then the bridge when they just go all out and they do that you ate my medicine it's really cool now i was fortunate that i was one of the few people who actually did see this live now you're probably wondering how she didn't perform this on the meaning of life tour well story <laughs> time i'm gonna go off on a bit of a tangent here so yeah. um i'm very fortunate enough to live in the new york city area well actually i live in new york city now but at the time i was not living in the actual city but anyway so whenever she does a like promo here there's usually some sort of fan events so during menial life um she did a ton of fan events and one of them was a serious serious xm concert so i go and uh i show up it's at a small little club in Chelsea, I think, and we're standing there. I think there's like a set list on the floor. I think the, all the gear is out on stage and we're just waiting for Kelly. All of a sudden, the, the morning show DJs come out and they're like, hey guys, we have some good news and some bad news. The bad news is Kelly's sick. She's not singing. And we're like, what? Then what's the good news? <laughs> the good news <laughs> is that she was going to stay there and do like a full hour Q&A. So that was really cool. That's something you don't you don't usually get to, to, to see very often. And she's like, guys, I'm so sorry. I'll make it up to you. I'll, I'm going to come back and do a, like a, a, a concert for you guys. And like me personally, I was like, Kelly, you don't have to come back. This is plenty. Like, but she was like, I maybe it was in her her contract. Maybe she actually had to come back anyway. So <laughs> she came back two weeks later and did a, did like a full set. And she played a lot of songs that um, I think she played like didn't I, which I don't think she did on tour either. So at some yeah. at some point during the set, she mentioned, yeah, there's like a little debate going on with our team right now about like what the next single should be, you know, heat or medicine. And like she basically had people shout out which one they had wanted. And I was I was in the front. I was on Aben's side and I was like, OK, disclaimer, I was a cheerleader growing up, weirdly enough. Most people wouldn't get that because I'm very angry. But anyway, I can be very loud if I need to be. So I was like, medicine! And Avon looks at me like, oh my god. I mean, he thought it was funny, but he's like, oh my god, this girl is so loud. I'm like, sorry. I'm just very passionate about this song. Um, and she sang it there, and it was cool. Like, it wasn't as great live, but then they replayed the entire concert on Sirius, like, multiple times. And they, what they did is, when you were able to hear it back, they added in that cool uh, bridge part that you ate my medicine that Lester actually did yeah. live. So you you couldn't really tell like when you were there in person, but when you listen to it back, it was so cool and so mixed. And um, I think what I really liked about it is that it's very relevant. F I thought the song was really relevant for um, the radio right now. Dance and that kind of R&B boppy kind of music is what's dominating still on the ch on radio and on the uh, charts right now and um i thought it was kind of a missed opportunity not saying you know maybe they both could have been singles but um i thought medicine would have done really well and i don't think it gets the credit it deserves i don't know 
Do you think that the logistics of performing it live is what kept it off the set list? That's a good question. I don't know. Um, I want to say that and not because it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> well, because if they were battling back and forth about the merits of whether one or the other should be a single, you would think, okay, well, obviously everybody thinks that it's a good enough song. It should at least make the set list. Uh, that's not to say that, you know, maybe it's not going to be in the Vegas set list or, um, you know, in future set lists, but that surprises me for, you know, as close as it became uh, or as close as it came to being a single that it ended up not being one. Yeah. I, I mean, I actually never thought about that, but the more you say it, it does make a lot of sense because it, it didn't translate as well live. Um, and I think people would have realized that. I mean, there, I feel like most of that album should have been performed. Like it could have been performed live really well. Um, well, you can go ahead and start the hashtag now, Justice for Medicine. I think I did in 2017. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Pretty sure I did. Um, All right. Yeah. So let me now, uh, let me now, you have any more on your song? Um, I think I'm good for now. All right. Well, then let me now make my case for Heat, which was actually a single from the album. Uh, it was chosen as the superior. Uh, now I'm just being petty. You are. I was like, <laughs> screw you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, okay, so I mean, look, when it comes to this song, yes, it's it's a great song. Uh, there is so period much period soul period in this song, um, but I found out that the version of the song that we got is not actually the original version that was recorded. Really, uh, it was actually recorded as more of a rock soul kind of song um but i guess there was some people at atlantic that were kind of like eh this needs to be kind of reworked and it was actually uh done by like pam said earlier it was kind of done by the same people who did medicine uh so they went back in they kind of retooled the song and it came out being the version that we all know and what's great about it is that it is first of all it is a beautifully constructed song uh, it's very intricate. Um, you know, they they break it down a little bit when they do it on tour, but the song, as a whole, as it's built on the on the record, is really really good and it's really intricate. Um, I don't think, unless you're really listening for it, that you appreciate how much and how many layers there are to this song, uh, which I really really love. Uh, look, it's. Uh, it doesn't sound like any previous Kelly song, and I think that's one of the reasons why I like this song so much. And granted, the Meaning of Life record kind of stands on its own uh, away from the rest of her catalog because it's just it, – it doesn't sound like her. Um, not to say that it's not who she is, but, you know, you've got – you know, just the the difference between the piece by piece album and the Meaning of Life album is so stark and so so contrasting that uh, every song seems to stand out a little bit more than the other. But the great thing about Heat is that it was one of those songs that the minute you heard it, you knew that this was going to be a single off of the album. And I think that's maybe why there was so much fan passion for it. And the great thing is, is that critics really liked this song too. Um, you know, some critics even called it the best song on the album, which I would probably throw down for and be like, eh, there's some better tracks on this album. Um, but uh, I think that the, the confidence that comes off of this song is so good. Uh, she ended up performing this song during the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade when she made her appearance on it. Um, and I think 
this was all when she did uh she did a medley of songs at the US Open I was there. a couple of years ago. Yeah. She did a medley and this was one of the songs that was in that medley. Um she did this song at the Fourth of July uh, I was there too. Macy's spectacular. <laughs> Thank you, New York. I mean more more bragging. I know, I'm Pam. sorry. I more am bragging. Sorry. So what you're saying is that you've had multiple opportunities to hear a version or two of this song. Yes, and I still don't uh, love but- it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but either way, I mean, look, it's I think it's one of the standout songs on the album. Um, it is. Uh, I remember there was there was a review that somebody said that it was like pure, unadulterated joy, uh, which I mean, look, you can't help but smile when you hear this song. It got the remix treatment, which, you know, obviously, if, it, if it's a good song and they feel like you can get some dance remixes out. of it. In fact, it was the only way that this song actually ended up going number one. It was a number one dance song. With one of the remixes, really? uh, which is pretty, yeah, it was, which is pretty cool for mm-hmm. her. Um, but I think they did make the right choice uh, for this song. Now, that's not to say that I don't think that Medicine couldn't have been a fourth or a fifth single off of the album. Uh, there should have been a fourth and a fifth single off of the album. But, uh, I mean, look, uh, if you are one of the people like me who has the vinyl of Meaning of Life, you can pretty much not go wrong with any song on the first side, uh, which you can find both medicine and uh, and heat on. So you really can't go wrong with either one of the songs. Again, heat is one of those kind of get in and get out pop songs. It's you know like three minutes ten seconds, so uh, it's a it's a real quick hitter. But there is so much that happens in that three ten that you are kind of left like, holy crap, what just happened? You know, um, it's just one of those songs that like hits you from right in the beginning. And let's not forget that when she did this as part of the Nashville sessions, when she essentially did the entire record live, um, I mean, that was such a good version. By the way, Nashville sessions, side note, should have come out as like a com- like an accompanying live version of the album because that whole version was incredible. Did, did they end up doing the whole album? Because I feel like... Did they do most of the I, album? I know they did most of the album at I least. I think they did most. I don't think they did everything. Um, like, I don't think they did. Well, that's probably why I didn't yeah, I don't. I mean, at least they didn't, <laughs> they didn't uh, post it. I mean, for all we know, they could have done the full album. That came out, like, right when Love So Soft came out, I think. Like, they, I think they, like, kind of... Mm-hmm. Sp- they spread them out a little bit, but the first few came out. When Love So Soft, right around then, I believe. Um, Meaning of Life, yeah. like the the track the from the Nashville Sessions. Oh, my God. That is one of my favorite performances that, ever. Superior to the album version. I will I will throw that gauntlet right now. Superior yeah. to the album version. We will get into that later. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, All right. So I think we've done it. We've, uh, we've made our case for our three songs in our song battle. Uh, again, going back to the first round, uh, my choice was I Forgive You against Pam's Let Me Down. Then in the second round, uh, we have my The Sun Will Rise from the Smokestack Sessions versus Pam's version of You Love Me, also from the Smokestack Sessions. And then round number three, Medicine versus Heat. Again, you can vote for who made the better argument for which song uh, up on our Twitter account. You can go to at Missing Podcast on Twitter. If you're not following, make sure you are and uh, go there and make your votes. Those votes will be up for about a week and uh, we'll let you know in next week's episode, which songs came out the winner in our song battle. 
And uh, next week, we are going to be doing uh, our second installment of My Kelly Experience. So stick around for that. We're going to get a fan on here. It will not be about me and Jeremy. It will not be about too long yes. of hugs or orgies or not knowing about sports. <laughs> it will be about other things because we're going to bring another fan on here and you'll have to see who it is. Plus, we're also uh, going to talk about the Kelly Clarkson show and what it's like to be in the virtual audience. Uh, because by that point, both Pam and I will have had a chance to sit in the virtual audience and we'll give you kind of a review of what that's about. And depending on when that episode comes out and when those episodes air on TV, we'll we'll be able to tell you some about uh, the nuts and bolts of it. I know they put you kind of under a little bit of a. Uh, I don't want to say an NDA, but they basically yeah. don't want you to talk about too much of what you see. Uh, but either way, we'll talk about what we can uh, about being in the virtual audience of the Kelly Clarkson show. And that is all coming up next week. As we said, follow us on socials. You can email us at missintopodcast at gmail.com. And uh, hope you listen. Hope you subscribe. Give us a good rating, please. And uh, that's about it. Thanks so much for joining us. We will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Into Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to Miss Indie Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>